0: Hey there, you got a bunch of leads, but too swamped to make heads or tails out of them? When it comes to sealing the deal, do you just throw out a number and hope for the best? Well, it's time to change that too. Welcome to the Million Dollar Pipeline Challenge, tailor-made for the home services and remodeling pros just like you. We're cutting through the clutter, showing you how to chat with your customers and nail your pitches and boost those conversions. No more guesswork, just solid strategies to grow your business. Tune in to transform your approach and let's build that million-dollar pipeline together. Text the word money to 844-949-1984. That's the word money to 844-949-1984 to begin your million-dollar pipeline
1: challenge today. Welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the US stays in the US. Welcome back, Brad Herder, to this episode of Blue Collar BS. How are you doing today?
0: I am doing wonderful, Mr. Stephen Doyle. How is life in Detroit,
1: Michigan, treating you today? It's nice, it's crisp, first day of fall, loving it. 40 degrees in the evening. Perfect. For what? For perfect for me. I love it. There you go. <laughs> selfish it. millennial. Selfish millennial again. <laughs> Don't even. Hey, whatever. Don't even. It's all good. It's all good. So, what's going on today in this episode?
0: What is going on today? Uh, well, we have a absolute wonderful and spectacular guest, uh, Bridget Wiggins, who is uh, one of the. Uh, I will say one of the smartest women in construction I've met to be able to run the business that she's been running with JMJ Construction, execute what needs to happen there, um, and outperforming their organizational structure from a revenue perspective for the last three years. And what she's been able to do has been simply amazing to watch her grow and and do what she's doing in the construction world. It has been fantastic. And um, I welcome Bridget to our show today. Welcome, Bridget.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much for that very flattering introduction, Brad. Now I feel like I have a very high standard to live up to. <laughs>
0: you've listened to the show, so you know the standard of the bar is pretty low. So <laughs> I think you've probably already exceeded expectations for most. <laughs> well,
2: thank you. So, right,
0: before,
1: so you we want- get, before we get started and Brad starts nailing, nailing you with questions, what, <laughs> what generation do you most fit in with?
2: Well, I am Gen X. I got in, you know, in the last five or so months of uh, Gen X, so I proudly Coffee. identify that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Brad. <laughs> <on you>. yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not going to pick on her like I pick on you. Uh, She's so much better than you.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the bar is low with me, so. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so as a,
0: um, we'll just say a younger lady in construction, and and your career path in construction, how have you, uh, you know, dealt with that? Overcome with that? Dealt with the, you know, the old guys, the young guys. How have how have you been uh, working to be accepted into a field that is just ridiculously male male dominated?
2: Uh, That's a good question. I have tried many different approaches um, and I've failed at several. So I think the most important uh, answer is what I did wrong, which was just trying to go in guns a-blazing and trying to be one of the guys and prove to them that I had what it takes. Um, They didn't need to be convinced with my words. Um, After I kind of settled into my role um, and uh, progressed on what my responsibilities were, I really realized that I have worked as an assistant in many year, for many years in the construction industry before we started JMJ and, and I had that management role. And I realized I loved my job as an assistant, and there's no reason I can't lead as an assistant as well, that my job is to help Everyone else to do their jobs better and to grow and make sure they have what they need. And if that's a different kind of pen or a different program, then that's what I can be here to provide. Or if Honor, it's, I need, structured... a gr- I need a
0: green pen for doing that. <laughs> no blue pens.
2: Thankfully, there is nobody that you know um, treats me poorly or anything like that because of my age or because of the fact that I am a woman. Awesome. But it, my biggest struggle, I think, was myself realizing I don't have to prove to anybody. I have an amazing team, a really fantastic core group of individuals that I work with. And we can all just work to help build each other up. And I don't have to prove myself.
0: Spectacular. That's awesome. That is that is absolutely amazing. And and can you maybe shed... so So in your... I'm just going to put it in the shameless plug here as long as we're in this early stage of the show, right? As you uh, get, sign your release form, it says, hey, as a regular listener of the show, um, <laughs> I'm like, huh, interesting. So help us understand, you know, from your viewpoint as a listener, now also as a guest, what, what is the benefit of, of the show? What have we done? What have, what, what have we been able to support you on without even knowing it?
2: I love... Listening to all sorts of different podcasts and all sorts of different uh, people give business advice um, and construction advice and management advice and all bidding advice. I love to pull something from all these different areas. My role as HR and business development, I found your podcast to be really essential in reframing my mind to look at all the generations. My business partner is a boomer. His wife is a boomer, so we have the the majority of the company is run by baby boomers, and they have a very different approach to business management and leadership um, than I do. Now, I'd say maybe eighty percent of our team are millennials, so trying to marry what their strengths are, what the boomers' strengths are, and me as a Gen X in the middle, and I'm going to cling to that in my last five <laughs> months of the generation. <laughs> being able to 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 pull out all of those um, benefits that's what I keep hearing in your show and I listen to um, the Gen Z guests you have, the boomer guests and everybody in between and looking at the strengths that each generation has, to be able to find that in my employees and really hone in on that and bring it to spread it throughout the team.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that because yeah, I'm going to ask. I'm just going to ask and take this right. shameless plug opportunity. So why not?
2: I got to say one of your very early episodes was very pivotal in our company. Um, you were talking about the communication differences between generations yeah. and I got to thinking about that and how it was a big sticking point at our company, how we had a lot of frustration. Um, I would be sitting in a meeting and my phone would ring and then I wouldn't answer because I'm in a meeting and then it would ring again and again. And it was one of my people trying to get a hold of me. They figure if they call me enough times, I'll realize it's important and then I'll answer. (laughs) But that's not how I prefer to be reached. Um, And we use Teams. Teams is a very essential tool for our company. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of us were using the chat feature. Some of us uh, were sending text messages. Some of us were sending emails and we were all over the board and we all thought we were right and everyone else was using the tools wrong. (laughs) So we all sat down together... We answered a little questionnaire and then we all sat down together and really hashed it out. Like, oh, that's why you're not answering? Oh, what what should I do to communicate with you better? And we had a full conversation and we really were able to adjust our own needs to the person we're trying to communicate with. And it, it's been fabulous.
0: That's awesome. Thank well, you. Yeah, no, that's... Congratulations just, on that success.
1: Yeah, the, just the breakthrough alone to... To recognize and recognize that, yes, we are all different. Now we generalize based on the category, you know, based on the generations, but just the wherewithal to step back and say, Hey, um, most people don't do that. They still try to do things. They still try to ramrod things, uh, the hard way and the wherewithal for you guys in your company to pull back and say, let's talk about this is amazing. So, thank you for sharing that. Thank you. With so with that, what were some things that you guys learned um, from having that meeting? Through the and we're going to keep it generational. So through the generation, so what was something that I would say the 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 younger generations learned about the older generation, and vice versa?
2: Well, what I did learn. Um, that not everybody takes kindly to being put into a generation. (laughs) So I had to stop doing that. (laughs) I realized very quickly I was offending people by generalizing. So even though in my head, this is what I'm doing. Was there a particular generation
0: that felt more offended than others?
2: Yes. The boomers were far more offended. (laughs) Um, but that was okay. Cause I can work with that. Once I realized that was a problem, I made that adjustment. Um, I, what I was able to see though, is that of course the, the older generation, the boomer generations, they're most comfortable talking to a person on the phone, getting that verbal confirmation and moving forward verbally. Um, generation X, like myself, we're pretty good in email. Um, and some boomers, they they if they've been in, working in an office enough, they're really comfortable in email for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. And then millennials millennials were weird. I, I had a hard time really generalizing. Steve <laughs> um,
0: just called you weird, Steve. Oh, just called you weird, Steve. Yeah, but,
2: and eighty percent of my employees, by the way, <laughs> um, they they.
0: You do know they may listen to the show, right?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's all right. They know I love them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really expected them to, that the texting would be what they needed, but I found that that was more people around my age group preferred that. So they Mm -hmm. preferred the chat feature of Teams. And what we agreed on as a team is that whenever somebody posts something, makes a comment or whatever, um, as long as you in some way, interact with it, if you maybe give it a like or or reply or something, uh, then we know that you saw it. Even if you're not able to respond or do anything with it, then it's an acknowledgement that we saw it. And that worked really well. The millennial generation really liked that option and everybody adapted really great to it.
1: Very cool. So I'm just keeping along this line is, um, were there generations that needed like... That instant component to it versus maybe a different generation?
2: Yes, the boomers actually needed it instantly. Really? Um, and I, I was very surprised. Now we're dealing with a very small, this is anecdotal. I wouldn't yes. say it's full generational. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. in my organization, and I think that's what that's why the phone call, that's where the phone call piece comes in. They wanted to be able to get it done through the phone. And the more I thought about that, um, I noticed that they want the phone call, but they're also okay with a verbal change order or with a go ahead to do something verbally. It's okay. We'll take care of it. No
0: big deal.
2: (laughs) Right. Yes. So that's something that they've been comfortable with. That is what works in their generation, especially, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have the ability to email somebody from a job site. So you had to trust that that verbal worked. Well, now that's not the need anymore. That's obviously not the standard anymore. So with the younger generations, millennials and Gen Z's, they actually need it in writing because they're not committing it to memory the same way a boomer is. A Gen Z right. and a millennial a doesn't remember the phone number of their grandma. So they're going to write it down and no, just look grandma. it up.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. You hit the grandma button. Um, so that's, in fact, I, I also, uh, I volunteer as a, a religious ed... Uh, teacher to fifth grade students and I had to have them confirm their addresses. Only one of my students knew their address in fifth grade. And that was shocking to me because we're so used to just the information being readily accessible. So trying to keep that in mind for my Gen Z and millennial employees that they need it in writing in order for them to be able to understand it and remember it they're also much less likely to ask questions because they're going to feel more comfortable researching it on them on their own.
1: Very interesting. And so, when we talk researching on their own, are they mainly using their phones or computer? Like, what what technology are they using?
2: Yes. Smartphones are definitely a must. I had one employee in the field who only recently got a smartphone. Um, I'm not exactly sure his generation, I could take a strong guess that he's Boomer, um, but <laughs> but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, the majority of our staff, of course, everybody's got a smartphone they use them for everything. So they, we've really leaned into their desire to look it up and learn it on their own. Still trying to be better about communicating with them in writing, um, but give them the encouragement. Yes, look it up on YouTube. Absolutely. Why shouldn't you Mm -hmm. find a way to do it? Mm -hmm. Somebody's done it before. You don't have to reinvent the wheel.
0: So that brings up, I I was having this conversation last night at a networking event about the looking up, find it, right? I can can solve the problem. I have the immediate gratification of being able to solve the, the current problem. How how are you bringing that problem solving to create wisdom so when the problem arises again, I don't go look up the same video to solve the problem, right? So, so I, I get that instant gratification. I can fix it. I can do it now. But how do we bring the wisdom in to recognize, oh, I've done this before. Are, are you doing anything in the organization that way?
2: Actually, a suggestion came from one of my field guys that, uh, sort of pertains to that. Um, he recommended that, um, we have a detailed email and I was very surprised. I don't, didn't expect construction workers to want me to email them stuff because in the past that wasn't the thing, but Mm. now they want it. They want me to email a detailed explanation of what, they can expect on a job or the things that were completed, things that are to come. Um, I I thought that was really good. And being able to put it in writing to explain what happened last week that we, we overcame this or learned that to present it or on the last project in order to present it for the next one. Right now, that's all we have. We're always open to suggestions if they have one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was just curious, right? Because that becomes the hard part of, of creating wisdom and knowledge and experience because a lot of times, right, I can solve I can solve all of the problems. The younger g- generations can solve the problems, but that doesn't mean they're gaining experience. Um, they can say they solved the problem, but they didn't solve it because they don't remember it because they can go find it and research it. And that's one of the gaps that we're seeing um, inside the blue collar spaces. I can solve the problem, but I don't necessarily have the wisdom to recognize it, to prevent it I just know how to fix it. And the prevention becomes part of that coaching, mentoring, training, program-based things inside an organization to, you know, risk registers, things like that to be able to say, oh, hey, oh, yeah, I recognize that. Okay, what was the result last time we didn't do this or we didn't do this? So Yeah, we do a lot um, of
2: follow-up meetings at the end of a project to... Um, rehash things. Uh, we're, Mm -hmm. this is still in the implementation phase. We're a pretty young company. Um, so we're, we're still implementing that, um, roundup at the end of a project, bringing in the field staff we have not done before. We haven't brought our foreman in to talk about what he encountered. Um, because you know we're just so busy working on the next project, but we just started implementing that, that at the end we will bring in the form and we wanna hear from him and his perspective so we can get that on our risk register.
0: Cool. So recruiting in the construction world isn't always the easiest because it's a hard day's work, it's sunrise to sunset, it's show up here, wait for this to happen, wait for that to happen. Um, how have you guys handled your recruiting and growth activities of, of finding people to bring them in, in, whether it's a field role or even the office roles? Uh,
2: well, our our growth and bringing in our employees has been a very organic process. Um, I have not had to overly exhaust myself. We have an amazing group of employees. Every single person that works for us is is really fantastic. I mean that wholeheartedly. I love every single person at our company. We have a really amazing culture. um, And every person that comes in and joins our team um, is, is somebody that fits in our organization. They have a good... Um, family first attitude that's very important to us. We have a a new person that just joined us two weeks ago, and I already feel like she's part of the family. Um, most of the time when someone, when we are looking to hire somebody, it's word of mouth, um, or uh, somebody knows somebody looking. Um, I have not had to do too much in the way of aggressive recruiting. The right people just keep coming to us. And it, I know that is not very helpful,
0: <laughs> but no, I'm is. really it grateful is. for it. <laughs> it, is. It, it, it. It is very helpful because it, it shows the importance of having your, your existing staff being your biggest cheerleaders and, and to be able to have your staff be your cheerleaders, whether it's out in the field or in the office, is really, really important to that recruiting process, particularly in today's way of doing things and right. Being able to create that connection personally with somebody um, knowing that somebody's willing to recommend them versus just making an introduction is, is super, super important. So that's a huge win because that's you're further ahead than many other organizations. Yeah. I've got several clients like was doing some speaking um, at an event up in green Bay the other day. And I asked them, I said, so how many referrals do you get? from your people, first I asked them how many people have jobs open? Everybody's hands went up, right? Because everybody's got job openings. I said, okay, how many of them, how many of your people are bringing people in to fill those roles? And I had one organization raise their hands in their trucking firm um, where their folks are bringing in other people to make those connections and fill those roles. Otherwise, nobody else has their staff members bringing people in, and it's just mind-boggling to me.
2: Yeah, wow. Well, our staff is very good about that. Every single one of them are. I'll even get phone calls sometimes from them and say, hey, Bridget, I, I'm sending this guy op- over. He's looking for a job. I told him he could go get an application. Uh, but just so you know, I, I don't know him personally, and I, and I can't vouch for him. <laughs> or they'll they'll really preface it like, I'm not sure this is the right fit for our company, but I told the guy I'd send him over. So it's, it's very interesting. They only want good people to come work for us. And I love that.
1: That's unbelievably awesome. Most places, it's a rarity, let's put it that way. And because of that, my next question is, is how have you, or how has the company developed or developed that culture? Or did it just kind of fall into place?
2: Well, I, I guess it was rather unintentional. Um, mm-hmm. It started with us as owners. Um, when we started the company, we wanted to have something that we could be proud of doing every day and that we would be able to employ um, our, our team and they could feed their families and be happy and be proud of what they did. Um, so it was the whole goal of the company was to employ the people that work there and to give everybody a a, a happy job that they were we were happy in, basically. Um, so that's really where it all started. And it grew from there. With every decision we've made, it's been with the employees in mind and everything right down from the payroll protection program loan and what we did with that by reinvesting it right back to our employees, keeping them at work, um, doing everything we could. Uh, every, everyone was taking care of kids at home and reinvesting that money back into letting them do whatever they had to do but still get their paycheck in order to take care of their families. So it was uh, just it's how we it's how we roll. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's uh, funny
0: hearing you say that. How we roll. I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, with the people that you have bringing you talent, and uh, obviously we have listeners, you know, here and in the area.
0: Which. What we have listeners do
1: you worldwide, Stephen. It is no worldwide. We are trying
2: worldwide. to make me choke here, Brad. <laughs> okay.
1: Whoa,
0: you're gonna be a worldwide superstar, Bridget.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, what advice do you have for people that are that are really looking to break in? And let's let's um, answer this in a couple ways. One is obviously from a a youth perspective, like what would you tell your youth? But also let's break it down gender-wise. What would you tell females, women that are trying to break into this industry? What would you tell them?
2: First and foremost, now's the time. Mm -hmm. Now is the time. Don't be afraid. Uh, The most important, if we're going to start uh, Gen Z, the, the younger people in high school, freshly out of high school, is to recognize in all humility that you don't know everything, but you're willing to learn. And it's, it's wonderful. One thing that people my age and, and above, we really fall short and we say they don't know anything. And that's simply not true. They have wonderful ideas. They have fantastic wisdom to share with us. doesn't matter that they're only 19 years old, but trying to be able to, um, they don't know yet when and how to communicate their great ideas. So, being willing and able to slow down as um, a future employee, and to to know when to ask a question and when to give advice or when to give an idea is very important. But I th- mm-hmm. think everybody could take that piece of knowledge and wisdom, um, yeah, and absolutely. all all the way through. If we are looking um, at the millennials, millennials also have um, they're the ones that came up with the idea of everybody. Like six people going in and buying one car. We share one car. A boomer would never do that. A Gen X would never do that. But they made really? a really great cost-effective choice. Um, and don't be afraid to have your yeah, great they ideas. <laughs> clean,
0: they don't know who's <laughs> cleaning it, though, or who's putting the gas in. Oh, last one. Put oh, the, gas in.
1: the
2: devil's in the details. <laughs> wow, it
0: is. The devil's in the details. Absolutely. That'd be a great idea until you have to go execute it. <laughs>
2: yeah, but they have great ideas, and but knowing again when to say it, um, but just exactly. being willing to prove that they are not your typical millennial. Everybody has a really bad opinion of millennials, generally speaking. But they yes. may be slower, <laughs> slower to make a decision. But that doesn't mean that they're unwilling to make a decision. They're unwilling to work hard. So I would say my advice to a millennial would be: be willing to. Th- Roll your sleeves up and get to work right away.
0: Um, second question to that kind of topic here is what's the, what has been your biggest, as you've gone through and developed your culture and, and, and you growing as a, as a leader as well, what has been your biggest aha moment of self in a multi generational work?
2: Wow. I, don't know the answer to that question. My biggest aha of self, um, I guess, just recognizing that I don't have to do it all myself. That it's okay to outsource all of these things, and and if I can just be the the conductor or the the person taking the notes and bringing it in and and helping organize it then that's every bit as important as any of the other jobs. It makes things run a lot more smoothly. I don't have to know how to build a skyscraper and I don't have to know how to um, enter a financial report. I know how to read one, (laughs) but I couldn't do any of the work that goes into it. Uh, But I don't have to because I, I hired the right people to do that.
0: Okay, that's awesome. And and if people want to um, get in contact with you or JMJ and want to be part of this awesome culture, because like we said, we have people listening all over this great world of ours. How or what's the best way to get in contact with uh, Bridget Wiggins?
2: Well, our website is Builds with an s.com. Everyone can go in there, check us out, see what we have to offer. There's plenty of links in there to reach out to us. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Our company is on LinkedIn, Bridget Wiggins um, and JMJ Construction Company. There are a couple JMJ Constructions. You got to add the word company to the end of that.
0: That's spectacular. Um, I just want to say congratulations on your success. on on creating a culture where you have your people watching out for the organization and feeling like they're part of it, because that is, that's a big deal. And that's what is really driving and keeping your staff there. Most likely is the fact that you do have that family values and and care and community and purpose. So kudos for building that from, from day one, intentionally or unintentionally um, it's Mm -hmm. happened and you should be grateful and and happy and celebrate that.
2: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate that.
0: Mr. Doyle, what do you got? You got nothing. (laughs) We're going to go out on the show with nothing. <laughs> well, you know, you've said it all. <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for the support, Mr. Stephen Doyle. Always looking for himself, you do know, just appreciate. kind of Bridget. living
1: up to that millennial aspect for you. Yep,
0: you are. Um, so thanks, Bridget, for being on the show. We really do appreciate it. And uh, again, kudos on your success. Yes, thank, thank you. you very, thank
2: great. you both very much. Keep up the great work. Thanks.
0: Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS, brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Hurta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue collar businesses strong for generations to come.